Hello, and welcome to The Journey, a daily podcast reading through the Bible. Thank you so much for joining us today. As you listen, we're going to be using the New Living Translation of God's Word. Let's start today's reading. Today we're going to be jumping to Job chapters 1 through 5. This is a chronological reading of Scripture, so we're going to leave Genesis, but the timetable is going to be now continuing the story in the book of Job. Again, looking at Job chapters 1 through 5. There was once a man named Job who lived in the land of Uz. He was blameless, a man with complete integrity. He feared God and stayed away from evil. He had seven sons and three daughters. He owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 teams of oxen, and 500 female donkeys. He also had many servants. He was, in fact, the richest person in that entire area. Job's sons would take turns preparing feasts in their homes. And they would also invite their three sisters to celebrate with them. When these celebrations ended, sometimes after several days, Job would purify his children. He would get up early in the morning and offer a burnt offering for each of them. For Job said to himself, Perhaps my children have sinned and have cursed God in their hearts. This was Job's regular practice. One day, the members of the heavenly court came to present themselves before the Lord, and the accuser, Satan, came with them. Where have you come from, the Lord asked Satan. Satan answered the Lord, I have been patrolling the earth, watching everything that is going on. And the Lord asked Satan, Have you noticed my servant Job? He is the finest man in all the earth. He's blameless, a man of complete integrity. He fears God and stays away from evil. Satan replied to the Lord, Yes, but Job has good reason to fear God. You've always put a wall of protection around him and his home and his property. You've made him prosper in everything that he does. Look how rich he is. Reach out and take away everything that he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. All right, you may test him, the Lord said to Satan. Do whatever you want with everything that he possesses, but don't harm him physically. So Satan left the Lord's presence. One day, when Job's sons and daughters were feasting at the oldest brother's house, a messenger arrived at Job's home with this news. Your oxen were plowing and with the donkeys feeding beside them when the Sabians raided us and stole all the animals and killed all the farmhands. I am the only one who escaped to tell you. While he was Still speaking, another messenger arrived with this news. The fire of God has fallen from the heaven and burned up your sheep and all the shepherds, and I am the only one who escaped to tell you. 
While he was still speaking, a third messenger arrived with this news. Three bands of Chaldean raiders have stolen your camels and killed your servants. And I am the only one who escaped to tell you. And while he was still speaking, another messenger arrived with this news. Your sons and daughters were feasting in their oldest brother's home. Suddenly a powerful wind swept in from the wilderness and hit the house on all sides. The house collapsed and all of your children are dead. And I'm the only one who escaped to tell you. Job stood up, tore his robe in grief. Then he shaved his head and fell to the ground in worship. And he said, I came naked from my mother's womb and I will be naked when I leave. The Lord gave me what I had and the Lord has taken it away. Praise the name of the Lord. In all of this, Job did not sin by blaming God. One day when the members of the heavenly court came again to present themselves before the Lord, the accuser, Satan, came with them. Where have you come from? The Lord asked Satan. Satan answered the Lord, I've been patrolling the earth, watching everything that's going on. And then the Lord asked Satan, Have you noticed my servant Job? He is the finest man in all the earth. He is blameless, a man of complete integrity. He fears God and stays away from evil. And he has maintained his integrity, even though you urge me to harm him with no cause. Satan replied to the Lord, skin for skin. A man will give up everything that he has to save his life, but reach out and take away his health, and he will surely curse you to your face. All right. Do with him as you please, the Lord said to Satan, but spare his life. So Satan left the Lord's presence, and he struck Job with terrible boils from head to foot. Job scraped his skin with a piece of broken pottery as he sat among the ashes. His wife said to him, Are you still trying to maintain your integrity? Curse God and die. But Job replied, You talk like a foolish woman. Should we accept only good things from the hand of God and never anything bad? So in all this, Job said nothing wrong. And when three of Job's friends heard of the tragedy that he had suffered, he, they got together and traveled from their homes to comfort and console him. Their names were Eliphaz the Temanite, Bildad the Shulite, and Zophar the Namanite. When they saw Job from a distance, they scarcely recognized him. Wailing loudly, they tore their robes, threw dust into the air over their heads to show their grief. Then they sat on the ground with him for seven days and nights. And no one said a word to Job, for they saw that he was suffering 
His suffering was too much for their words. At last, Job spoke. And he cursed the day of his birth. He said, Let the day of my birth be erased. And the night that I was conceived, let the day be turned to darkness. Let it be lost even to God on high, and let no light shine on it. Let the darkness and the utter gloom claim that day for its own. Let the black cloud overshadow it, and let the darkness terrify it. Let that night be blotted off the calendar, never again to be counted among the days of the year, never again to appear among the months. Let that night be childless, let it have no joy. Let those who are experts of cursing, those whose cursing could rouse Leviathan, curse that day. Let its morning stars remain dark. Let it hope for night, but be in vain, and may it never see morning's light. Curse that day for failing to shut my mother's womb, for letting me be born to see all this trouble. Why wasn't I born dead? Why didn't I die as I came from my mother's womb? Why was I laid on my mother's lap? Why did the nurse... Why did she nurse me at her breasts? Had I died at birth, I would now be at peace. I'd be asleep and at rest. I would rest with the world's kings and prime ministers whose great buildings now lie in ruins. I would rest with princes rich in gold whose palaces were filled with silver. Why wasn't I buried like a stillborn child, like a baby who never lives to see the light? For in death the wicked cause no trouble, and the weary are at rest. Even captives are at ease in their death, with no guards to curse them. Rich and poor are both there, and the slave is free from his master. Why give light to those in misery and life to those who are bitter? They long for death and it won't come. They search for death more eagerly than for hidden treasure. They're filled with joy when they finally die. They rejoice when they find the grave. Why is life given to those with no future, those God has surrendered with difficulties I cannot eat for sighing my groans pour out like water what I've always feared has happened to me what I've dreaded has come true I have no peace no quietness I have no rest only trouble comes then Eliphaz the Timonite replied to Job Will you be patient and let me say a word? For who could keep from speaking out? In the past, you have encouraged many people. You have strengthened those who are weak. Your words have supported those who were falling. 
You encourage those with shaking knees. But now when trouble strikes, you lose heart. You're terrified when it touches you. Doesn't your reverence for God give you confidence? Doesn't your life of integrity give you hope? Stop and think. Did the innocent die? When they have when have the upright been destroyed? My experience shows that those who plant trouble and cultivate evil will harvest the same. The breath from God destroys them. They vanish in a blast of his anger. A lion roars and the wildcat snarls, but the teeth of the strong lions will be broken. The fierce lion will starve for a lack of prey, and the cubs of the lioness will be scattered. This truth was given to me in secret, as though whispered in my ear. It came to me in disturbing vision at night when people are in deep sleep. Fear gripped me and my bones trembled. A spirit swept past my face. My hair stood on end. The spirit stopped, but I couldn't see its shape. There was a form before my eyes. In the silence, I heard a voice say, Can a mortal be innocent before God? Can anyone be pure before the Creator? If God does not trust his own angels and has charged his messengers with foolishness, how much less will he trust people made of clay? They are made of dust, crushed as easily as a moth. They are alive in the morning, but dead by evening, gone forever without a trace. Their tent cords are pulled, and the tent collapses, and they die in ignorance. Cry for help, but will anyone answer you? Which of the angels will help you? Surely resentment destroys the fool, and jealousy kills the simple. I've seen that fools may be successful for a moment, but then comes sudden disaster. Their children are abandoned far from help. They are crushed in court with no one to defend them. The hungry devour their harvest, even when it is guarded by brambles. The thirsty plant after their wealth, but evil does not spring from the soil. And trouble does not sprout from the earth. People are born for trouble as readily as sparks fly up from a fire. If I were you, I would go to God and present my case to him. He does great things too marvelous to understand. He performs countless miracles. He gives rain to the earth and waters the field. He gives prosperity to the poor and protects those who suffer. He frustrates the plans of the schemers so that the work of their hands will not succeed. He traps the wise in their own cleverness, so that their cunning schemes are thwarted. They find it dark in the daytime, and they grope at noon as if it were night. He rescues the poor from the cutting words of the strong, and rescues them from the clutches of the powerful. And so at last the people have hope, and the snapping jaws of the wicked are shut. But consider the joy of those corrected by God. 
do not despise the discipline of the Almighty when you sin. For though he wounds, he also bandages. He strikes, but his hands also heal. From six disasters he will rescue you. Even in the seventh he will keep you from evil. He will save you from the death in time of famine, from the power of the sword in time of war. You will be safe from slander and have no fear when destruction comes. You will laugh at destruction and famine. Wild animals will not terrify you. You will be at peace with the stones of the field, and its wild animals will be at peace with you. You will know that your home is safe. When you survey your possessions, nothing will be missing. You will have many children. Your descendants will be as plentiful as grass. You will go to the grave at a ripe old age, like a sheaf of grain harvested at the proper time. We have studied life and found all of this to be true. Listen to my counsel and apply it to yourself. There's a lot to take from these opening chapters of the book of Job. But there's one thing that I want to make mention of as we go forward. Here we see that Satan is a real personality. Today we we try to make Satan into some mythical creature. We try to try to make him go away. We try to marginalize him and say that there's no real such thing as the devil, as Satan. But here we see just the opposite. What we actually see is spiritual warfare. That there is good and that there is evil and that there is a battle going on that you and I do not see. But this is the thing to remember. That God is good and he is holy and righteous. And that while we do not always understand his ways and his reasoning, he is always holy. Satan, in contrast, is just the opposite. He is evil and scheming. He is the one who brings pain to our lives. So rather than blaming God, blame the real reason for our problem. The real reason that we face sickness, pain, and death. It's Satan. Therefore, I want to serve the Lord. I want him to be the one that I serve every day. And I hope that that is the same for you as well. Thank you again for joining us for the journey. Please be sure to share this podcast. Today's reading was from the New Living Translation of the Holy Bible and used with permission. Have a blessed day, and we hope that you'll join us again tomorrow.